This is Pat Soundbites Unplugged. Unplugged. The podcast where all the artists go to tell it as it is. Careers, music, tours, and more. And here's your host, the man that refuses to eat squid, Pat Calamari. Pat Calamari, your host here at Pat Soundbites Unplugged, episode number 26. What a great chat with this guy. Singer, songwriter, blues rocker, Taz Crew. Guy's had an amazing life and an amazing career and giving back in a way like no other. A man that truly believes in blues music. He is the recipient of the Blues Foundation for Keeping the Blues Alive Award for Blues Education. He's released, well, eight CDs in the last 11 years. He's got music for children, even Bugs Sing the Blues, which is for kids. He had a master's degree in English literature. He does blues in the school, which he'll talk about. He writes, uh, he has a book, a three-book series about a dog named Bubba, which is hysterical, but it all stems about the blues and um, just a terrific guy, terrific artist. And uh, we had a pretty genuine talk. He's playing here locally tomorrow night at Elsie's in Wallkill and on Sundays in Lucy's Lounge in Pleasantville. His latest album, Memphis Song, I've been playing tracks off of. And he's got a new album CD coming out very shortly called Drive On. Real cool guy. Amazing stories. Chat Taz Cruz and his band, The Tortured Soul. Pretty crazy name. Anyway, sit back, enjoy. As always, share with your friends if you like what I do. Listen to me on WBHO on Sunday evenings. Certainly we'll be playing another track off of Taz's album and CD, Memphis Soul. And as always, live, love, and laugh a lot because life is way too short. On his drive from Buffalo down to the Mid-Hudson Valley, here is Taz Crew. WBXO Classic Rock Redefined in conjunction with Pat Soundbites Unplugged Podcast. Certainly an honor to have on our phone today singer, songwriter, blues rocker. What an amazing career this gentleman has had. Taz Krug. How are you, Taz? I'm just feeling peachy keen today. Taz, uh, coming down to the Mid-Hudson Valley, coming down from the little the Buffalo area. We got a couple of shows down here. Elsie's in Wallkill tomorrow night off of 208. And down at Lucy's Lounge in Pleasantville on Sunday. Man, that's pretty cool. Two great venues and going to be two great shows. Taz Crew and his band, The Tortured, Tortured Soul. Wow, what a name. Well, that's the one. That's them. That's them. Well, you know, like we, I like to say, I said, you know, we're all tortured. We all got stuff going on in the background in our lives, you know. But when we come out for live music, I ask, why don't we just set that aside for now? It'll be waiting for you. Waiting <laughs> for you. Whether it's money, whether it's love, whether it's health, whatever, it'll be waiting for you for the next little time. Let's we'll see if we can put that away. And, 
and uh, and uh, just get into the moment. That's what that's really all about. I love it. I love it. Well, certainly, thank you for your time today. And uh, I like to prepare and read up on who I'm talking about. And I obviously been playing a lot of your tracks uh, from, I mean, you've released, I think this is, uh, Memphis Song is probably number eight in about 11 or 12 years. Been playing a bunch of your tracks. And uh, what an astonishing career and I will say life to you and first of all thank you I see that you have served in our wonderful Navy and I thank you for your time in the service as my dad was a Purple Heart recipient in World War II and I got two brothers that served in the military so thank you for that to, to start things off well the Navy played a big role in getting me you know really as a player into the blues so I guess that was the right thing to do there you go. Well, okay, that starts things off. Um, did you always know that music was your calling, or, or when you were in the Navy, that what 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 was the start of it, Taz? Where did you say, you know, you're on a boat, you're hanging out, or whatever, and you guys are playing tunes, meeting up with other uh, shipmates, and um, playing tunes, and said, you know, this ain't a bad thing. Well, that was actually my second introduction to the blues, the Navy. My first introduction was as a young kid my uncle uh came out of the korean war uh with an appreciation for the blues he brought back with him an understanding of uh, this music and he had these records he lived all by himself uh he was kind of a crazy character um like ptsd but we didn't call it that then we didn't really know but um he didn't work or anything he was just you know whatever and uh but he lived next door in an apartment in a house that my dad owned. And okay. I used to sneak over there and hang out with him, and he'd play these crazy records. And I didn't know what it was. I was only, you know, nine, ten years old. But I just loved hanging out with him and having a good time. But I remember the records. And uh, come to find out, I studied up on it. And we were listening to stuff like Howlin' Wolf and Elmore James and things like that. He loved that stuff. I just liked hanging out with him. We'd play gin rummy and... He'd give me a little little drink of Jim Beam once in a while, or maybe pop on a on a Lucky Strike or something. <laughs> uh, my mom did not like me going over there. I'll tell you what. Uh, boo! Well, but anyhow, I sneak over there every chance I get. And you had an amazing um, education. PhD in education. I mean, I reading some of the articles and some of the background. I mean, you, you live by the motto of hard work certainly pays, and uh, you work your way up all the way to uh, the doc doctorate degree, and you continue with this education, which is uh, is I can't thank you enough to see what you do with this whole blues in the school and uh, the book stories of Bad Dog Bubba and uh, talking to Paul Toscano down here, you know, you're, everybody like, wow, the, the stuff that you are able to do and that you do to help keep the blues education starting at a young age and keeping it rolling to where we are today, which is, uh, I tip my hat to you, you know, sir. That's wonderful, thank you. The, the education thing, uh, I have to tell you, it just kind of happened. I, I don't even really consciously think about how I, you know, uh, focused on that. I mean, I did focus, but I didn't know. It wasn't really a planned thing. It just opportunity came in 
fell in my lap to do this and I got some support for it and I loved it and I did it and uh, it came, you know, it, it, I loved it. But I, I just finished up uh, Blues and Schools program this afternoon uh, with uh, seventh and eighth graders and I'm all jazzed up from that because I had them playing along with me. I taught them some basic stuff and their, you know, their, their music classes. It was so much fun. But I want to tell you something. Um, I certainly do uh, appreciate the recognition that I do this kind of thing with kids in schools or whatever. Uh, a few years ago, uh, the Blues Foundation gave me a Keeping the Blues Alive just for that thing. And I said in my, my little speech, I said, you know, the reason that I do this, there's three, three, three things. One, it's really, really important that, that kids around the, in our country learn about what this unique American music is that we call the blues. They need to know that. That's one. Second of all, is you might actually turn a kid on to doing something that you have no idea what impact you've had. So true there. You don't know. You don't know. All right. And third, and I have to admit this, when you're out on the road with a band, you got to pay the band, you got to put up a band in the hotels, you got to travel, you got to eat, all that stuff. And, you know, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, even Sundays these days, it's not that hard to find out to get, get a good gig somewhere, right? But where else are you going to get a paying gig on a Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock? That's a good point. And, you know, a lot of schools have PTA things. I don't usually get much. Sometimes they try to do a trade-off. I'll do a, a school program for a blue society and a performance that night, and they'll maybe pick up uh, an extra hotel room for me or something like that. So, you know, it, you, the phrase is overused, but it's true. Win-win. Everybody wins, you know. And what was what was the genesis behind it? I mean, what what made you say, you know what? Besides, I mean, you just talked about your three, pretty much your mission and your vision on this. But what was the said? You know what? I need we need somebody needs to step up to the arena and do this. And then boom, it just it's taken off like wildfire, and it's a it's a great thing. You're talking about the book. But I'm talking about the actual school, the blues yeah, in the school. School. Well, you know, it's different. Everywhere you go, uh, some blue societies are very, very organized with it. Uh, others, it's hit or miss. Sometimes there is no support there. The blues, maybe it just be a, a blues fan in a community that wants to set something up. But um, it's, you know, you do it enough and you do it enough successfully, uh, you know, they keep asking you to keep coming. Come and do it some more. So that's pretty much it. That's pretty cool. Now we can we can segue into the book, Bad Dog Bubba. What what? <laughs> that's pretty cool. And, and, and all the character and all the characters of the the different dogs that you cover. It's a three. Yeah. If I understand, it's a three book series. Tell me a little bit more about that. Well, the first one is out now. The second one is almost written, and the third one is at least conceptually there. It's a three-book series based around a main character by the name of Bubba. Bubba is a, is a bloodhound, but he loves the blues so much, he calls himself a bloomedhound. I'm <laughs> a bloodhound. And he lives with a real blues player. That's, he's, that's his owner, right? So he, he just lives the blues and loves the blues. He just he really digs it. And he's known for that 
from around town. He lives down in Louisiana, and he's known for that around town by the other dogs. They don't really quite understand it um, at all, but they know that he writes songs and he's into this kind of thing. So he uh, uh, begins to figure out, well, maybe maybe I can do more of the, with this than by myself, and he decides that he's going to uh, start recruiting other dogs to start digging the blues. So he starts off with his, his, his a new newfound buddy that helps him out. He's got a little, got a girlfriend dog who could care less about the blues because she's a Russian wolfhound. She, doesn't <laughs> like it. she loves Tchaikovsky. So anyhow, um, but he uh, he tells him he says, "Look, blues is like a half-eaten sandwich you find laying on the sidewalk. You give it a sniff, you might like it." So. That book is all about setting up those main characters. Uh, the second book is about forming the actual dog band. And the third book is all about kind of dealing with the problems that they encounter as as a band trying to do this now that they figured out that they can actually do this. So uh, that's where it's going. The, the idea of the for the book came out of a Blues in School program. I was working uh, with some uh, kids they're, they were from Africa, and they were living and going to school in London, England. And their English was, you know, not not where it needed to be, and especially for schooled English. So they had a writing program, and we used some songs that I had written about dogs that get the blues as a way to prompt them to write, write backstories about these dogs. And I had to model how to do that for them a little bit. So I chose one of the songs myself and started creating creating this model and i just had so much darn fun with it i couldn't stop that is so cool that is awesome yeah. good for you you mentioned uh you mentioned the english language and i see you had a master's degree in english literature how helpful how to be extremely helpful in your songwriting process for lyrics and stuff like that well uh it, it, yes indirectly um you know, something I've learned a long time ago, if, if you want to be a good writer, you need to read a lot. If you want to be a good reader, you need to write a lot. Um, so indirectly, you know, I'm pretty sure I'm not, I'm not going to quote and use any language from like a Jane Austen uh, novel in my lyrics. Or, 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 you know, uh, uh, you know, quote Henry David Thoreau or anything. But what that degree did, it was it was a fun degree because I got to do it pretty much the way I wanted to do it. I picked and chose things, and that I had a lot of support for doing that. But I learned really just an appreciation of value for language. I've always enjoyed enjoyed that. So uh, probably more than anything. The influence in that has, has helped me to try to come up with descriptive language and lyrics, not just, you know, the same old woke up this morning kind of thing. Gotcha. You, know, you woke up this morning, well, that's good. Why the hell were you worried if you, that you were going to wake up? <laughs> not, not tell that story. You know? So uh, it's, it, it, it really does help. So, you know, my songs aren't always about something that's happened in my life sometimes there's something that i've observed or something that i've imagined or 
some kind of combination of that. And I think having that degree of that experience with doing a wide reading has really, you know, helped me to be open to those kinds of things. Does the lyric come first, Taz, or does your guitar riff, or you know, you write down, you hear something, you write it down, you keep a notebook, and then try to put it all together and make it into uh, somewhat well, of a know, story. I get asked that question probably more than any other question, other than what the hell does Taz Crew mean? But uh, the answer to that is yes. It, it, what I mean by that, not to be glib, is that it happens all kinds of ways. Sometimes it's a guitar riff, sometimes it's a lyric, sometimes it's an idea about something. It, it's hard to say. Uh, I am always on the, on the lookout, though, not consciously, for just little turns of phrase. I'll give you an example. Someone said to me one time about uh, they hadn't eaten uh, some kind of dish in a long time, and they said, I haven't eaten that in so long, it's been more than a month of Sundays. It's been a whole month of Sundays. <laughs> and I said, a month of Sundays? Holy, I love that. And I wrote a song called A Month of Sundays. That is cool. And, uh, so you hear that stuff, and you you know, it catches your attention and uh, it yeah. sparks something and go, nobody ever talks like that. I got to write that one down. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes it's, sometimes it's a guitar riff. Sometimes it's a feeling. It's a concept. Uh, Memphis song, for example, is, uh, um, uh, is a guitar riff song. I had, I had a concept of what I wanted to write with that. I co-wrote it with uh, a gal that's on all my records. Her name is Mary Ann Purcell. And... Uh, she actually came up with a guitar riff for that, and uh, uh, that's the way she writes. She hears a riff or a melody. There's another song she co-wrote with me on Memphis song called Heal My Soul, and she actually said, hey, I got this cool melody I was just singing, and it goes like this, and she sang it, and I said, ooh, you know what? Can I borrow that? <laughs> so do we work the songs up. So for her, it's that way, but for me, it's it's sometimes it, it is the... Either the lyric or the the, the idea. So. And I see Victor Rainwhite. Did he play guitar on on Memphis Soul? No, he doesn't play guitar. As far as I know, uh, he played he played piano. Oh, okay, right. That's what I thought. Okay, <laughs> I thought I read somewhere that Victor played guitar on that. And his, well, his guitar player that's in his band, Pat Harrington, played guitar on. That. Oh, okay, okay. Maybe that's where. I'm it not. I'm not one for doing these all-star albums. A lot of people seem to do that these days, but I, I'm not really into that. But I do have a few friends that I call upon sometimes um, because you know I, I've met them and I've played with them, and uh, you know we're friends. And I say, hey, you know this might be a good thing for you. So on that record, I had I had Victor. And uh, Pat Arrington, I, whom I've known for a long time, since he was 16 years old, great slide player. On this new album, Drive On in particular, I've got a couple of new friends on that. One of some of them you may have heard is a keyboardist on the record that plays all the keyboards, actually. His name's Anthony Jirasi. I don't know. Uh, I just, I just with Anthony. Uh, Anthony was just up our way, what, about two weeks ago with Mike Zito. Got to hang out yeah. with Anthony. Yeah. Anthony's on it, and then there's a sax player out of Houston. That his main band is he plays with the uh, Anika Chambers band. Okay. His name's, his name's Anthony Terry. He plays on it, and then uh, I also have another guy uh, who actually goes out on tour with me. Uh, not all the time, but a lot. Matter of fact, the tour coming up, he 
he's on that tour with me. Uh, he's the a young guy. I've known him ever since he's 14. Um, he's 25, 26 now. But anyhow, he is the 2019 International Blues Challenge Albert King Best Guitarist Award winner. Wow. Gabe Stillman is his name. Wow, i got to write that down. Yeah, you need to check him out. Yeah, he's uh, a serious, serious player. Really good. Having a great chat with Taz, having a great chat with Taz crew, Taz and his band coming down at LC's tomorrow in Wallkill and uh, at Lucy's Lounge in Pleasantville. Taz, you cover a lot of you know covers here and there, and I gotta say, one of the one that really caught my attention, you did an amazing cover of Jackie Wilson's "Higher and Higher." Thank you. I was like, wow. And I like the fact that, you know, maybe it's just me, but, I, you know, people go, well, they did a cover. It didn't. I said, it's not supposed to sound like the original. It's their style. It's their take of the song. And I like it when somebody puts their own heart and soul into it. And Jackie Wilson's Higher and Higher, boy, you knocked it out of the park. Well, first of all, I could never do it like Jackie Wilson because I'm not Jackie Wilson. He's amazing. Absolutely <laughs> amazing. Uh, that's the only cover song that I've ever recorded and put on a record. Everything else has been original. And I, I just revere that song. And it's a song that's dear to me for many reasons. Um, but And I came up with that more of a kind of a gospel version of that uh, with a slide guitar and stuff on it. I just, I play it live whenever I have the right personnel with me to pull it off. You know, it requires, ah, I gotta have my gal singing with me. God, I can't, she, she had so much to that. So it depends upon what configuration I have. I'm sure, I, I'm sure if you had yeah. like a choir, that would be amazing goosebumps. Well, the... I did do it with a choir. Oh, okay. I did it with, uh, do you know Alexis Suter? Oh, yeah, sure. Alexis invited me to play at an event she was hosting at B.B. Uh, King's down on uh, 42nd Street uh, before it closed, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, and she had on the bill a group down there called um, uh, Brooklyn Interdenominational uh, Choir led by uh, uh, Frank Hay, and uh, we're all on the bill, and I got a hold of the choir uh, director, and I said, hey, how about it? So I sent him the version of it, and it just, I just, it was, I was in tears on stage. It was so freaking beautiful. Wow. Yeah. Is it? It was just like, oh. No, no, I, was, I didn't mean to cut you off. I got I'm sure, uh, hopefully somebody videotaped it. It's on. It is on video. Okay, good. Video. Good, I got to check that out. It's, I think it's on my site. Okay, good. I got If I, not, I, if not uh, it's definitely on YouTube. If you, if you look up uh, Taz Crew higher and higher, I bet it'll come up. Okay, cool. Yeah, hopefully it's a good one. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, yeah, not every video is a great one. Yeah. No, but I mean, were you singing that with a choir? Oh, my God. Yeah, what, cool. what would you say is, I mean, what would you say is the biggest storm you have weathered in your musical career? You mean the biggest concern or setback? Yeah, well, biggest hurdle, challenge, maybe. Um, 
recently retired from public safety and emergency services, but I certainly saw the switch on. It's more about how fast I can get to the top. I want to have your job and people not wanting to pay the dues and start from the bottom. And I would be out with my nephew going, I pass all these playgrounds and I don't see anybody in a playground. And I grew up on a playground playing football and everything. And now everybody's playground is the couch and a, a, a controller for their fingers on video. So, and speaking of video, I mean, yeah, yeah, I love your video, Queen of Hearts. And uh, who would ever think, you know, today's word, as you were just saying a little bit, you know, you almost have to put a video out with a single and maybe hopes that it gets out there. Not everybody's fortunate like me to play your music or besides the blues channel. Uh, you know, in a, in a, in a video, you know, like that's it's that old song, a video killed the radio star. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's some, there's some truth to that. I mean, you know, I mean, I'll tell you right now, Patrick, I've got beautiful legs. <laughs> but you know what? I, I, don't know how to walk around in high heels. I can't. I can't. Uh, I could. I could shave my 
hits a post. No. I, I, I'd still fall over the stage if I had to wear high heels. So, I can't do it. So for, so for your... God bless you if you have beautiful legs and you can perform in high heels. That's all I'm going to say. So there we go. We learned that Taz is not going to be in a Speedo at Elsie's tomorrow or at Lucy's Lounge on Sunday. But it would look great if I did. I'm <laughs> I, I tell you, it probably would go viral. We, we laugh about it. We, you know? It might go viral. It might go bacterial as well. <laughs> oh, my goodness, Taz. I enjoyed this the conversation with you. In terms of your music, Taz, what are you most proud of? What am I most proud of? Yes, sir. I'm proud of the fact that I keep getting better. There you go. I keep getting better at performing and at, at songwriting, uh, at recording, and my ability to relax and to enjoy the people that I meet along the way, like people like you, Patrick, that I'm having this just genuine, easy conversation with. I've gotten to to, to feel comfortable about those kinds of things and um, that's that's where I stand now so I make good music I do the best that I can some people really dig it some people don't like it at all you know what I'm doing the best that I can and I'm happy with it and I'm, I'm, that's good for me Amen to that, and uh, I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, I hate—I'm not a fan of using the word interview. I want to have a conversation and a chat, like we're having a a beer or a cup of coffee. And uh, I dig your music, and uh, I appreciate your time today. And I'm looking forward to your new album, which should be out next month, I believe you said. Drive On comes out in February. Well, it officially releases February, but you know what? I got them now, and I'll have them at shows. Okay, cool. Cool. Really, I'm not playing in much off of it right now. I will be uh, right after I play the two Hudson Valley gigs. I'm off for uh, rehearsals in uh, with my with my tour, my other tour band, and uh, we're going to be bringing a lot of that stuff out then. But people can actually get the CD now, uh, at, you know, at my show. Okay, but it's, it's not not available for sale yet, and. Uh, you're getting one, I know, because I saw you on the radio on my radio uh, promoters list. So excellent. If you if you come by this weekend one of these times, I'll make sure you get one. How's that? Well, I got my fingers crossed to try to come out to Elsie's. Obviously, I have my radio show on Sundays, and uh, the promoter. Uh, reached out to me and invited me to come down as the, as his guest at Lucy's Lounge, but it coincides with my radio show that doesn't get done till eight o'clock. So, yeah. but if anything, I'm going to try to come over to Elsie's tomorrow. Um, for the for the books about Bubba, you can go on your your website, Taz, for folks that want to uh, engage and purchase the book series. They can learn about it. Uh, they, the, the, it's for sale at my shows, and it's, it's for sale um, um, on all of the usual uh, internet outlets. You know, it's Amazon, yep. it's Noble, that kind of thing. That's probably the easiest way to do it. Uh, so, yeah, they can get it there, too, but I have it at the shows as well. Great. And for folks that are interested in the blues in school, 
do we encourage them to go to their Hudson Valley, like Blue Society, like what we have down here with Paul, or should they contact you? Do you have to go through a society? How does that all work? It doesn't have to go through a society. They can contact me directly, or they can, if they have a relationship with a school, that you can talk to someone and get someone interested in there. I think it's best to go through the Blue Society because the Blue Society has um, you know, someone in place that's going to make sure that um, the communication between the artist and the school is working out really, really well. Um, schools are very busy places, and schools are places where um, Kids not only need to learn, but kids need to be protected these days. So there's a, there are protocols there that a blue society uh, will have learned and understood and make sure that those things are followed. So that's the best way to go. But like I said, it can be directly through me. It can uh, be right through the school. Like I said, not all blue societies are as uh, organized about their blues in school programs as others are. So... I mean, I've done a blues in school program for crying out loud where I've showed up in school and the principal said, who are you and why are you here? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's not going to happen in uh, today's world. That's not, that does not work, no. No, no, no. No, no, but that, that, that was long ago and that, that's, I ensure that that doesn't happen at all now, so, anyhow. Well, I know, I know Paul is, uh. Paul's looking forward to sitting down with you and seeing what we can do to uh, have you work and uh, hit a couple of schools down here in the yeah, Hudson I'm, Valley. I'm so excited about that new Blue Society down there, and they really look like they're they're mean business. So, uh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, well, Taz, I appreciate your time today. I hope you enjoyed the chat as much as I have. I look forward to trying to make a couple of schedule changes and come over to Elsie's to say hello and support and meet you as best as I can. And certainly I will continue to support and play your music. I'm living a life of, uh, I got the best of both worlds. I can play your music and I got my podcast to share with everybody throughout the world to hear what's uh, going on in your world today. So all is well. Thank you, Patrick. It's been a absolute pleasure chatting with you. All right, my man. Thank you, Taz. Safe travels and uh, continued much success for 2020 and look forward to the shows down here again at LC's in Wallkill. You can call 845-895-8975. And then on Sundays at Lucy's Lounge down in Pleasantville, you can give a call down here at 914-747-4740. Taz crew on WBXO. We're classic rock. We're redefined. And Pat Soundbites unplugged. All the best, Taz. Thank you. All righty.